Hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, weekly meeting of Magic Players Anonymous. I appreciate you all being here. Uh, would you like to share? Uh, hi. Uh, my, name's, my name's Dave, and I, I'm, I'm a Magic player. Welcome, uh, Dave. Welcome, Dave. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I remember that it, uh, I bought my first pack when I, when I was 12. And uh, oh, so young. Yeah, and, and the next next thing I knew, I was wandering the streets at recess, trying trying to get a pickup game. Um, and you know, my life has been the same ever since. Thank you for sharing. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm Ben. Uh, I started playing because this other guy got me into it uh, about ten. I didn't know what was good and what was bad, but I just knew that more was better. So. Yep, I was able to kick it for about 15 years and just recently fell off the wagon. Huh. Now I own 30,000 cards again. Thank you for sharing. So brave. You're among friends here. <laughs> All are welcome in this cult. I mean, meeting. Meeting. Meeting, meeting. Free coffee. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Donuts. They are not good. Yeah, no, well, they're I all like them. Angel they smoothies in the corner. It tastes like heaven. Seriously, uh, my, my name is do. also Dave. Welcome I, Dave. Uh, oh, that's going to get confusing. I did not. Yeah, well, <laughs> deal with it. I got my first pack when I was uh, 18. I, I started a little bit later than most, but very quickly found myself, you know, with no girlfriend and no no house and living out of my car with just my collection of magic cards. Happens to the best of them. Quit for a while and came back off and on through the years and just can't can't seem to get away from it. Would you like Thank some you Angel Smoothie? No Angel Smoothies. <laughs> Greetings from the Proven Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that sets out to prove the time that you traded that city of brass for a Sarah Angel was not the four-dimensional chess move you keep telling yourself is. Dude, that's harsh, man. Come on. I was 10. I was 10. That guy took advantage of me. <laughs> You're I'm welcome. David. I'll be your host, and with me is I'm Ben, and I'm Dave as well. Other, Other Dave. Dave, Superior Dave, however you want to refer to me, it all works. So, uh, as we said in the intro, this is a Magic the Gathering podcast. So, uh, what kind of stuff have you been doing today, uh, this week? Uh, I t I've been doing a lot of modern here recently. Um, the LGSs are starting to open up, and my local one's got a pretty good modern uh thing feel to it. So, uh, been playing some modern. Um, I built me a Murktide deck, pretty hot. Uh, it was pre pre Luris ban. I wasn't like jumping on no bandwagon, but yeah, it's a pretty strong deck. I, I kind of enjoy it. Sounds like a bandwagon to me. <laughs> Well, actually, what happened is I bought about 30,000 cards, and I was like, what is close to completion of my deck? Uh, <laughs> and then I, I have a problem, okay? Uh, so that was the one that was close to completing. It's not my normal style of play. I tend to like to go kind of aggro with stuff, but I'm kind of finding it's like a 
it, it changes from game to game, which is what's interesting about the deck. Um, sometimes you play more of a control bit, depending on your matchup, uh, and sometimes you kind of go more aggro. Uh, so kind of balancing that and figuring out what I'm supposed to do in each scenario has been kind of a challenge, but also fun. Fun, yeah. Excellent. Um, what have you been up to, David? Other David? Uh, I've mostly... Superior David, get it right. I've mostly just been playing Historic uh, on Magic Arena recently. I haven't been going to play any in-person Magic. Uh, I've been playing a Simic kind of control deck, even though that is definitely not my usual play style. It's just uh, like Ben, it was the deck that I was closest to completing at the time that I wanted to play. So hmm. uh, I've been jamming that out in Historic. Excellent. Blue green. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have knowledge gaps from my 15 year (laughs) of not playing. It's been a minute. Um, So I've basically been doing uh, historic as well. Uh, Just started doing the arc light Phoenix build that's been going around since the uh, uh, Kamigawa arena open thingy that happened a couple weeks ago. Right, right. Uh, did that. Um, it's about that. I'm putting together this commander deck that is, um, uh, what's his name? It's the Bant Elder Dragon, uh, Achates, the strategist. Strategist. Oh yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> yeah. So it's all wall tribal. <laughs> it should be pretty funny. Uh, yeah, the illusionary wall. Yeah. The so it's yeah. like all low cost walls with. Big toughnesses since he lets you do damage uh, based on your toughness or rather than your power. Right. right. So uh, can't wait to try that out. Um, <clears throat> so um, that's, is that all you guys have been doing then? Uh, pretty much. Uh, starting a podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing that we did. That's true. It's It's this right here. That we're doing so oh really uh, wait a second what? this is a podcast <laughs> i thought we were okay. i thought we were like confessing our sins or something we, we tricked you you're on a podcast now ah uh, darn it <laughs> so uh let's go on and uh move on to uh breaking news newses there's a lot in the news today but uh uh, why don't you go ahead and take the uh, the first story there, Ben, and uh, tell us about the the price hike that's going yeah, on. Yeah, uh, okay, so Magic uh, Blog today released a blog post where they, um, to paraphrase, uh, basically they're increasing uh, prices uh, for uh, sealed product about a, a, around 11%, as they say. Um, and uh, I think that means that... By what they're saying, there's an upkick of cost to produce, manufacture, and ship magic around the world over the past year. And so that's why they're citing they're doing it. Um, I, I, I think you paraphrased that incorrectly. I think the, the correct paraphrase is, we're f***ing greedy. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, it's Big Daddy Hadbro. Uh, let's see. So what was the thing? Um, I forget his name. The CEO of Wizards just took over as the CEO of Hasbro. So... Uh, I mean, for this news to come out right after that happens is kind of suspect. 
just um, it's very common practice nowadays to just raise your prices and blame the pandemic. It's super easy. Oh, you know, production and distribution and everything else has become an issue, so we're charging more money. And while some of that stuff is not necessarily untrue, it's also it, you can use that now to raise your prices. It seems like whenever you want to. Yep. Yep. Wow. Uh, this they did they did mention they will not affect uh, product lines like Masters, Modern Horizons, Secret Layer, Challenger decks, Universes Beyond. Um, so I'm right, the things that are already expensive are going to stay expensive. They're already making right. enough money off that cardboard. Right. They're afraid if they raise it anymore, uh, less people will buy those. Especially, yeah. like, I can see the Modern Horizon sets, uh, but, like, especially Masters. Like, the master sets, if they raise that anymore, I don't think that people would bother with those. Have you have you met Magic players? I just... Yeah, you, okay, fair. Well, I don't know, because, like, when Masters no. comes out at the end of the year, I'm I'm getting some, uh, some, some Ren and Sixes from there, hopefully. Uh... When they reprint that, because I don't want to pay a hundred dollars for a card. Yeah, for real. Right, but now you're talking about singles, which is not the market they're in anyway. You're, right. Uh, the the price of packs in those particular sets is, are already higher than they probably uh, should be. It's not like it costs them more to print those cards. So, so the profit margin on them is already higher than your other sets. So for the sake of clarity, what they're talking about is uh, for sets coming into standard and uh, like sets like Infinity and Jumpstart products, draft boosters, set boosters, collector boosters, bundles, and Jumpstart boosters are going up. Yeah, I guess I probably should have read the bullets. <laughs> yeah. Get right past them. I mean, the... <sighs> Zerg into the bottom. The collector's packs, at least around here, are almost always sold out at both the LGSs and Walmarts and everywhere. So someone's buying expensive cards. As part of their marketing push to put those super ultra rare special cards in them, like the neon ink, the showcase cards. Mm, That's yeah. probably the people, what people are chasing. People with a lot of expos disposable income probably go after those collector's boost. Yeah, and the, the people with Pokemon Syndrome that's got to get it all. So that sucks. Uh, well, yeah, well, you could just not buy it. it will this increase actually trickle down to, to consumers? Because they don't have the uh, MSRP anymore. They stopped doing that a couple years back. So are, is this a cost that game stores are going to eat, or is this a cost that's going to be passed on? to consumers i almost assuredly believe it would be passed on to consumers because lgs's are already not the hugely profitable massive businesses unless they're in a major city oh, uh, like yeah. local local stores and smaller levels already struggle to even stay open they can't See, afford to eat the cost personally i think that might be true uh where you guys live because like i was floored when you guys were telling me how much you were paying for booster packs and stuff compared to what <laughs> i pay for booster packs and i certainly hope they don't increase the prices where i'm at because i'm like I yeah, really pay yeah where you're at like if you're so like like chain stores and stuff typically sell a pack for like five or six dollars uh, and if and if you raise your price there you're going to price yourself out of any sales i think 
Um, but the when it, what's really going to affect, I think, is the local game stores that are selling them for three or four dollars a pack, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. they're they if you if you times that by what they paid for it, they're making like ten or fifteen cents on a pack of cards. So they're going to have to raise their prices there, which is unfortunate. Yeah, well, maybe necessary. Maybe, selfish me is hopeful that I won't get hit. You guys will have to take the increase. <laughs> uh, but you know, they already pay out my my backside for sealed product, so it's a win for me, I guess. Just out of curiosity, what store do you go to down there? Local. There's. I, I'm not going to name names. I don't want to like put people's business out there. Um, like local well, game stores, man. <laughs> Right, sorry, I was thinking we could edit it out, because I was just, I was thinking, I was trying to remember the name of the one that I went to when I lived down there. Oh, okay, well, you just bleep this part, I'll tell you the name, it's, uh, okay. uh, uh, is okay. the one I go to, and they're like $6, of, like a set booster, and then uh, the comic book store I go to sells them for like 75 cents cheaper than that. I mean, I don't even know if they're still open or not, the place I went to, and I can't remember the name of them, but they used to do, it was $4 a pack. And you could you could get a box for a hundred usually. Oh man, they're selling boxes for like one thirty, one fifty. Yeah, one thirty, one fifty, depending on the set. Depending yeah. on booster versus set boosters versus draft boosters. But also, I don't know. He might have been giving me a special price too because I was real good friends with the guy. Mm. See, that's my problem. I can't make friends. <laughs> I, I met him through a guy I met in college. Friend of a friend. Nice. Yeah. Got myself a magic card guy. <laughs> yeah. Back alley. Literally, my card shop's in an alley. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> That's why you're getting the good stuff. So let's talk briefly about the April sequel layer drops. I'm only doing this because I know that Ben is left-handed, and there's been oh, – don't even – there's been some controversial opinions about whether this is the uh, left-hand mode cards uh, are appealing to people who are actually left-handed. As a left-handed person, lefties don't care about this. Like, it is clearly, obviously, a cash grab and uninteresting, and it just looks weird. And, like, there's only five cards, so, like, what good is I know it's a nice joke. But, like, the problem is they revealed it on April Fool's, and it was, like, really confusing whether it was an April Fool's joke or not, right? And then you couldn't even buy it until, like, three days later. I don't know what their marketing was thinking. You should have had it ready to buy on April Fool's so people could be like, oh, ha, 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 this is fun. Yeah, I want to be part of this joke, <laughs> lols. But three days later, you're not part of – it's not a joke anymore. It's, it's yeah. like – I don't know. Like- I don't know. I, it, it's baffling to me. This is baffling. Come- Come to think about it, it was kind of dumb. I like I remember you talking to me and, and, and like sharing the post for that and being like, "Haha, this is funny. I might get this if it was true." And then like, I mean, all this time I just thought left-handed people couldn't play magic. I thought, yeah, like just because of the way the cards were set up, it was yeah. just too confusing. Yeah, we read the names people. instead of the converted <laughs> mana cost. Like we keep the yeah. names visible instead of the converted mana cost. Of course, yes. That's how I. You guys don't play that way. That explains a lot of stuff, actually. Okay, okay, okay. Moving on. The new set, uh, Streets of New Capenna, features uh, houses based on the shards. Go ahead, and I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can guess 
the what house you would be a part of because I know from the uh, pre-show conversation we had, everybody's taken this quiz that uh, is featured on the product page for uh, Streets of New Capenna on the Wizards website. So, so you're going to guess like, me, and I guess yeah. I'm going to guess you. Day? I'm going to oh. try to guess you, and then uh, one of you can try to guess me. And then interesting, we'll I... re- reveal what we got from the quiz. Uh, so, I've known you quite a while, Ben, and I'm going to guess that you are. And I'm going to guess that you want to be Cabernetti, but secretly, the test revealed that you're a broker. Because oh. you're a nerd. <laughs> See, nope. I, I was going to guess that it, it gave him Esper because he's a conniving person. No. That, that I would guess, I'm going to guess you're her. You could Esper because I know you, Dave, other Dave, and I've you're never, a conniving I've person. Never, I don't even understand what the word connive means. Okay? I've never <laughs> spoken like somebody who connives uh-huh. a lot. Uh-huh. Very sus. So, Okay. Uh, what? My results actually showed Riveteer, which was very surprising to me. Uh, but I guess I don't know. The, the questions were really weird. So throwing down with the working class, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the some of the mechanics that are in the Riveteer uh, house, but yeah. Okay, so what do you think, other Dave? Is it then Ben? Um. So I would guess. Like I already said, uh, Obscura, because he he is a little niving shit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, no, seriously though, I would have guessed Obscura based on based on a lot of things. Um, like uh, he his. I mean, just because someone plays magic better than you does not mean they're conniving. Oh. Let's start with that. I was gonna I was gonna mention your play style and how like very like uh, like thoughtful you are with uh like how cards form together and stuff seems like a obscure thing uh the hidden meanings behind cards and the hidden things that the cards do um good at finding combos and stuff so i, I would guess right i do it's a begrudging compliment <laughs> so what, i what, take whatever what, i can get what did the uh what did the quiz reveal your true house family uh uh, my quiz said that I was in the Maestros group, ah, the old purveyor which is, of arts. Is still, which is still kind of a, even though they don't have the connive mechanic, they are kind of a a tricky house. Although in general, when I play Magic, I do prefer to be more aggressive, and so I thought I would end up in Jun. I thought I would be a Riveteer, but I was not. Oh, bummer. All right, so what do you guys think I got? Uh, I would guess Riveteer, personally. Wow, that's that's. I, what I'm going to say you you like to f- with people, so I mean, I'm going to go with uh, Maestros. <laughs> uh, Riveteer is the the house I would have loved to have been a part of, but I uh, uh, ended up in the house uh, broker, which is the with, uh, with least with the bank <laughs> with with the longers. I guess I'm just the long I guy. Think- I think nerd. that's like personality wise. I think that's the least one of you, like that you I would know. be a part of. <laughs> like, <laughs> that makes me laugh. That's hilarious. I know, right? I'm the least like 
Mm, you better do what the law says. Mm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so moving on. Uh, spoilers for the new uh, set, Capenna. The new yeah. Street Capenna set. Uh, why do we call? But uh, real quick, why do we call them spoilers? Because it seems like this happens every single time. I know it happens beforehand, but it's like at this point, you're not spoiling anything. It's expected. You see, way back in the day, before the birth of the internet, the only way you could find out what was in a pack of magic cards was to open it or read so, the duelist wow. what they used to they used to pr- print like early release cards in the duelist magazine oh see i i was too busy buying magic cards to pay for the duelist <laughs> so there um, whatevs no seriously though i don't know because it's fun yeah it it gets the press cycle up because sure. uh uh, pre-launch marketing does not sound as cool. Fair. 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 Yes. So let's go over <laughs> some stuff. I thought it might be nice to uh, talk about the general themes of the set in the houses and then move on to specific cards that we thought were kind of cool or stuck out to us. We're not going to go over the whole the whole spoilers because there's a lot of cards. and Yeah, you know. but basically the whole set's out by now. Yep. So let's touch briefly on the triumphs and then move on from there i have never actually played a triumph (laughs) i don't own one i've never played one so but they are really good Uh, i get beat by them a lot by decks that you i'm a big fan of triumphs i mean like uh i used the original ones a lot in standard I they fit really well. They're card advantage at late game if you don't need the land. They work really well if you're in those colors. And it I helps think fix your mana. In, I think even in a few standard decks, I was running them in two color decks still. Because the cycle ability. Yeah, because even if I get it late game, I I'm not just like ah oh, crap, I drew a land. Right. And there's nothing I can do with it. This is the complete cycle now, right? Yeah, it's, yes. it's it's all of them. Yeah. So it completes. Yeah, I, that's what I thought of it. I didn't want to say. Yeah, something, I think so. they did the wedges. The other ones were wedges. Yeah, so, and this ones are the shards. Yep. At the risk of stating the most least controversial opinion ever, is they should have triumphs in the name, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> I think that's the general opinion. Nobody's going to call them, uh, whatever they're called. Yeah. It, 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 God forbid somebody name a podcast after one of them. That would be goofy. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, moving on. So let's talk about some of the mechanics that are in the set. Uh, let's go first with the Maestros, which uh, is the Grixis Collars for you old school players. So their feature mechanic, it seems, is Casualty. Why don't you go ahead and describe what that is, David? So with casualty, uh, you can copy spells or permanents when you sack a creature, and typically, and some of those power is is important. Some of them it isn't. Um, I'm not quite sure I, how I feel about this mechanic. I think it can be very powerful, but the the crux of these mechanics always comes down to uh, how valuable those cards can be if you don't have a creature on the board. So what you're saying is that if they're not worth casting without getting a copy, then that's an issue. Yeah, because you can't always guarantee you're going to have... I mean, what happens if the turn after a board wipe, you need that that boost out of it? Or even just someone spot removals your only creature. 
what kind of position are you in if you can't deal with that sort of thing? Now, they should have some counter spells to protect themselves. So maybe they just make sure they never get into that situation. But it's always a dangerous game when you're using your creatures as uh, resources. Speaking of creatures with resources, uh, the Cabernetti, which is the Naya Colony, um, has a, a, a mechanic called Alliance. Why don't you uh, take that one, Ben? Yeah, so, so I guess something happens when another creature comes into the battle effect. So there's like an enter the battle effect. So this is different than the normal enter the battle effects. When you when a card has alliance, get the enter the battle effect multiple times as you play a new creature. It will trigger the alliance. Uh, so kind of interesting. Um, Just especially call it landfall for creatures. People yeah, understand. No, yeah, there better. you go. It's landfall for creatures. Couldn't call it creature fall because that because <laughs> yeah. that implies graveyard. Okay, yeah. So landfall for creatures. Um, so yeah, I can see this being a very powerful uh, mechanic in the right decks. So it, it kind of has to be put with other cards. You're not going to put this in your mid range control deck in aggro decks and stuff yeah. where you're where you're generating a lot of creatures. The alliance mechanic seems pretty good, which is probably why it's in Naya Callers. And also, flavor-wise, the Cabernetti like to be around a lot of people all the time because they're partying. So, yeah. Very- yeah, not to be negative about everything, but uh, to be negative about this. It has a, a similar problem to Grixis, though, too, which is it, how is it going to recover from a board wipe? How is it going to recover from things like that? And and here you have no clue to protect yourself. If they board wipe, you're eating it. Nobody uh, likes to eat it. That's for sure. I feel like this is definitely a, a a build around mechanic that you would need to really focus on to maximize. Yeah, and but then it becomes a situation kind of a, of win more rather than win. Like at at what point does this get out of hand to the point where you're just like, yeah, I'm just trying to to make a million million token creature for some dumb fucking reason. What? That's my favorite thing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Believe this. So insulted. Okay, Blitz, Riveteer uh, mechanic. Uh, they are the Jund Collar. Pretty cool house, if I don't say so myself. Blitz is basically a mashup between um, Invoke and then Dash. Is it Dash? Where Dash, yep. It goes back to your hand. Uh, I like it. It's cool. It's uh, very aggro, which is my thing. It, so. it, it may be my favorite new mechanic. You actually like something? That's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I love this. Because if the big thing here for me is the drawing a card when it dies. Yep. The fact that you're not going to get put behind by using the mechanic like you do with Dash and other things. Uh, like this, you get to go in there, you get to attack, and you still get a card out of it. So it's like less that. situational than the the casualty mechanic because you lose a creature, and that extra effect might not be as powerful. It's less now, if situational. You can combine, if you can combine the two together, yeah, color deck. Now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Then, you, then you're sacrificing your creatures before they die. You still get to draw the card because it just says you draw a card when it dies. Now we're talking. And you get to use the the casualty mechanics. It's a big brain synergy. But, but also you're going to have to work with four colors. So, 
Uh, well, you could get some uh, uh, some Riveteer cards in red, and then you wouldn't have to. Yeah, some of them are just monocolor. So. Yeah, some of them. Maybe not the best ones. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess uh, Ob still falls into that, Ob Nexus. So yep. you could sacrifice your Blitz cards to him. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and possibly the best Blitz card is in just mono red. Yes. Probably might, we'll, we'll talk about that later. That later, I believe, yeah. yeah. On to Obscura, the Esper Collars. Uh, their key mechanic is Connive. And it is basically loot, then put a plus one, plus one counter if you discard a non-land card on. Was it a creature or the creature? How's this work? It's it, the creature it that the connives. Creature, and it is usually plus one, plus one counters equal to the number of cards you discard. Okay. Yeah. So it'll say, it'll say like, some cards will say connive, and then that's just one. But sometimes it'll say connive two. Or mm-hmm. like give a number, and then you do that not not twice, like two separate times. It's not you draw two cards and then discard two cards. It's draw one, discard, draw one, discard. Just to be kind of rulesy about it, the way I understand. Is that the way it works, David King? Yes. Nice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm throwing nobody underneath the bus here or nothing. Oh uh, no. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, well, opinions about the the quality of this mechanic, y'all. I think there's a lot of cards that do the draw card, discard a thing. I think this is, uh, because a lot of people that I've talked to seem to be kind of down on it, and I have the exact opposite opinion. Anything that's going to allow me to sculpt my hand while I'm in control colors is prime real estate. Now... I don't really want to be relying on my creatures, and the plus one, plus one counters are largely unimportant when you're in that mindset. Yeah. But the, That's uh, kind of what um, the amount of hand sculpting that you get to do in Esper is going to put it in a position to always have some kind of counter to what you're doing. All right. Either a board wipe or a counter spell or yeah. removal. Like the, the hand building uh, seems. Very optimal, I guess. I don't know. Very nice. Okay, so here's my clearly hot take. Um, I've got I got loot anxiety. Like you draw the card and then you got to discard one, but you're like, I like this card that's in my hand, uh, but I like the one I drew. You I need wanna, to play reanimator decks. I don't want to get rid of both of them, but I have to because that's what it says. So personally, me like one of the one of the cards in my five cards solves that problem for you. Yeah, man. Look, I'm just telling you how I feel. Just speaking <laughs> with feelings here, and uh, getting the plus one, one uh, plus one, plus one counter to me kind of alleviates it. But like, it's something I get for for giving up my card that I've grown attached to. Yeah, but, and something that's draw a card, discard a card is typically a red ideal. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool, I guess, that it exists elsewhere. Yeah. Just saying, man. It's it must be a red player thing with anxiety blue players don't care they're just like i draw all the cards <laughs> yeah i'll do all the things draw that often yeah. and i like my cards I, I loot all the time but i'm happy to throw stuff away <laughs> i don't i don't get that anxiety where i'm like ah i don't want to get rid of any of this i just chuck what if i need that later though and i'm gonna wish i had it but you could have well, the answer now if you loot could be anything 
<laughs> okay, uh, moving on, we have uh, the brokers, which are the, the bant colors. Their key mechanic is shield counters. Somebody explain this to me, as I'm easily confused. Okay. Not right. Sure. So the shield counter protects the creature the first time it takes damage or destroyed. But basically, it puts like a shield around them so that when they take damage, that shield is dissolved. Oh, okay. So you remove the counter when you take damage. It doesn't matter how much the damage is for, so if they ping it for one damage, it still loses the shield counter. Yeah. It is a very powerful mechanic. It's going to make spot removal very difficult. You're going to have mm-hmm. to spot remove something twice, two for one. Put yourself at a disadvantage. Yep. Uh, also, you can use it to make your own creature survive uh, a Wrath of God, a board wipe. That is correct. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Nice. And I think that's all five of the uh, houses, right? That yes, is correct. Five houses. Now let's go to the uh, returning mechanics, the oldies. Yeah. The goodies. I wouldn't uh, call any of these uh, oldies, but... The hideaway? Come on. That's been... That's like... You know, there are... If your goal is to make me feel old, I guess you're succeeding. Right now, who were not alive when Hideaway was a thing. Dang. Probably. Let that sink in. I hope you're wrong. (laughs) So, typically, uh, previously in the Lorwyn block, they had Hideaway. And I'm not sure... Has it come up since then? Maybe in one of the offsets. Um, Basically, you look at the top X cards of your library and exile one. And then there's a condition on the card that when you meet it, you can play that card for free that you exile. Um, so I think in lore, when they it didn't have an X or anything, it was just hideaway. And then you put that like under a card, essentially. And then it was broken in lore one. That's the only thing I remember about it is that it was broken. Like they were lands, right? The new fixed yeah. So this set has five cards, one in each collar that have hideaway on them. And they're all hideaway five. So you exile five cards. Uh, or you look at five cards in exile, one of them. Nice. So nice. Okay, we won't spend much uh, much more time on uh, on this. Uh, move on to the the next returning mechanic. We will spend even less time on it's treasure tokens. There yeah, they have a lot. They really want you to use treasure tokens in this in this <laughs> set, but also it helps fix your colors. So it helps fix a lot of Which, things. It's powerful. Yeah. Okay, so now let's move on to uh, our individual card picks. Uh, let's start with you, Ben. Uh, give us a card you liked. Explain why you liked it. Okay, um, I'm gonna try my best here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick as my no particular order. Uh, I'm gonna talk about Endless Detour. So it's green, white, blue. It's an instant. And it says the owner of target spell, non-land permanent, or card in graveyard puts it on the top or bottom of their library. So I like this card because it is essentially uh, very modular. It's a counter spell. It removes a chalice of the void uh, or uh, something that they might get back from their graveyard in like like a modern living end deck or something. I like how like versatile it is. Um, the, what I, I, I like, like, you know, you see the cards that are sideboard cards, uh, and you know, it's a sideboard card. This one feels like a card that would be like versatile enough to be in a main deck. The, the, the really great thing about the card, if they, if they don't choose bottom of the library, 
you are also effectively killing their draw next turn because they're just redrawing the same card they already tried to cast. Mm-hmm. Or had on the board. And if it was a counterspell, the thing that you were protecting has already, already been played. So Yeah, so exa- for example, if you, if you remove a Chalice of the Void, which blocks you from playing anything with that converted mana cost that they paid whatever for, um, then you can put it back on their library, and then maybe you would be able to like counter the Chalice or prevent that from eating you so bad because chalice if like in my murktide deck when they put chalice on one i'm i'm locked out basically so i got to make sure to counter that chalice and this gives me another option um not in my murktide deck obviously you don't play you don't play band murktide what's wrong with you (laughs) (laughs) i mean in a modern setting though you're probably not going to want to be casting three to counter it either are you even going to beat a chalice of the wood to the field that way nope not on one. Not a chalice on one. Okay. Can't really do much if they're on the play for a chalice on one. It's really hard. But okay, I mean, Dave, uh, you got one up, other Dave. Yeah, superior uh-huh. Dave. Uh, so, one of my favorite cards uh, is the scheming fence. It's one white, one blue. As it enters the battlefield, you choose a non-land permanent, and the activated ability so that permanent can't be activated. And then the Scheming Fence gets all of the activated abilities from that chosen permanent, except for loyalty abilities. So you have basically, it's a pything needle, but that you can steal abilities with and not just shut things down with. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, and it costs two as well. It's not, not super expensive. Yeah. Right. And then I'm just going to go ahead and go over another. I put these two cards together because I wanted to pair them together with the, the Extraction Specialist. Uh, which was the 3-2 lifelink for 3. But when it enters the battlefield, you can return target creature card with mana value 2 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, which, granted, that creature can't attack or block, but there are so many things 2 or less that you can get, like the Scheming Fence, that you don't need them to attack or block, you just need them for their ability. So you... You know, if you oh. have one of those in your graveyard, you can extraction specialist, get the scheming fence out of the graveyard, shut down one of your opponent's cards, get the activated ability from it. You, you just can't attack or block with it. Right, which on the scheming fence is the least interesting part. That's not why you have the extraction specialist. You want the the pithing needle effect. Yeah. But you can still use extraction specialist to attack or block. Okay. Yeah, that's a that cool correct. combo. Y'all just went right over my head. I'm here for the flavor picks. <laughs> <laughs> and only the flavor picks. So we're going to go first with... Uh, I'm here for the flavor of angel meat. It's it's not just the meat. It's the bones. All it's right, the, yeah. Cause you gotta, it's the whole you angel. The whole, yeah. It's fine. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, liquefied. Blended. It's different anyways um hold for ransom this is a this is a very flavorful card might be the most lookable card of the set just because it's uh it's an enchantment aura it's basically a pacifism more or less um enchanted creature can attack or block and has uh pay seven hold for ransom's controller sacrifices it and draws a card activate only as a sorcery so it's a uh, a pacifism that you can buy your way out of, which yeah. if you're holding somebody for ransom, that's pretty cool. 
That's very but, flavorful. And it's not yeah. a bad, I mean, for, for like standard, like, I don't think it's a bad, it only costs one and a white. So yeah, it's not, I, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, well, yeah. It plus extra, right? Yeah. And well, the extra is a negative though. Right. Really. But also seven. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, no one's ever going to pay it. Uh, probably. Yeah, like, like, like you lock down an early game creature that's giving you crap, right? And yeah. then uh, uh, by turn seven, or in this this format, probably sooner than that, maybe turn what four, five. You lock this down on turn two. That that creature may or may not be pointless at that point. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not a threat anymore. Two three turns down the road. Ben, what's your next pick? Um, okay, so I am also thinking. Um, she has a bunch of multicolored cards, actually. Cormella Gra- Glamour Thief. One blue, black, red. So Grixis colors. It is a legendary creature, vampire, rogue. Haste. Uh, two, four, haste. You pay one and tap, and you can add Grixis colors and spend this mana only cast instant or sorcery spells. And when Cormella Glamour Thief dies, return up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. I like this card because it's like reverse Snapcaster Mage a little bit. When she dies, you get the instant card back um, instead of when it ETBs, which anyway, uh, you can use its ability that since it's hasting, you basically, as long as you have the four mana, it doesn't, it doesn't like turn four, say uh, you can, you can still cast more spells, right? Five Um, mana. Five Five. mana. Oh, five. Sorry. Yes, you're right. So you can still cast more spells with your remaining two mana. Um, so you're not, like, or remaining three mana that you get so on turn five. Yeah, so a normal play pattern. For itself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and then you can still cast. Um, so it kind of adds a little extra there uh, when she comes into the battlefield and then also when she leaves. So what you're saying is that this is a uh, Snapcaster Mage-ish card with a deep discount? So it's a it's a bargain <laughs> rack. Snapcaster. Uh, it would, it's, snappy costs two or three. Two, two. So yeah, basically blue, it's the same. Color. Once you get once you get the other three, it's basically the same cost as Snappy. But well, but again, it's not an ETB. It's a into the graveyard or dies. So yes, but in in this set, there's a lot of like with casualty and whatnot. You're not going to have any problems sacrificing. A creature, so... Yep, yep. if she's so, done her thing, then she goes to the graveyard, and then, especially since it's Chris's Callers, which is, which is the casualty. I'm excited to use it. Nice. How do, uh, do you guys play Commander? How do you think this, uh, this stacks up as a, as a Commander? This might be a pointless question. I don't know if you guys play. Um, I mean, I play a little bit, but I don't know that it, as the Commander taxes increases, she becomes less and less valuable. Right. Again, I don't play and, enough of Commander uh, to really say. I mean, if you're killing her a lot, is it when does she have to go to the graveyard to get the spell back? It yeah. just says dies. Dies is shorthand. Okay, for so dies. Graveyard to the battlefield to graveyard, so she has to go to graveyard. Because technically, doesn't she? She would die, and then you would choose graveyard or command zone, right? I think it's a. It would if she goes to the graveyard, she you could put her would in you the get, command zone. Man, this was a really bad question to ask. <laughs> it's okay. I don't, I don't know how the commander replacement effect works. Would you get the dice trigger? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think other ones other yeah. ones get the dice trigger. So 
I would yeah, that. so if you get if you have strong instant sorceries, that sort of thing, I could see it playing out. But I I think you get drastically diminishing returns from her every time that you yeah, get cast and her and, and it's and it's also interesting to note that you can activate her ability and then <laughs> sacrifice her and have floating mana to cast that instant spell you get out of your graveyard. So if you have the answer in your graveyard, mm, and a sack of outlet, then you can you can use her. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what's your next card, Dave? My next card is the Obscura Interceptor, which is your Esper colors and one colorless that has flash and lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, you connive, and when you connive that way, you return a target spell to its owner's hand. It's uh, you get the flash counts. creature, yeah, with lifelink, with a counter spell, and you get to build your hands more. Mm, it's very powerful, and it's a three-one. But if you discard so I, a non-land like, card, would, it's now a 4-2. That is correct. And it has lifelink, which can be valuable in those circumstances. But really, I, you hit a big spell that way, you're buying yourself a full turn, which is a lot mm-hmm. of times all you need. Yeah, especially if that turn that, that spell they're casting was their kill shot. And you're turning the board state in your favor, too, with a 4-2 lifelinker. Yep, nice. This card's good. Uh, moving on to my little bag of flavor. <laughs> little flavor dips. Um... I will be perfectly honest with you. I like this card so much better when Mythic Spoilers had translated the name. Uh, when they released the actual name, I'm like, ugh. Guess it's cool. But uh, that that's a Horde Hauler. It's a vehicle with trample. And whenever Horde Hauler deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token uh, for each artifact they control. Uh, crew 3. So, 5-5. Five, five. Yes, it's five five. Thank you. Uh, the 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 name on Mythic Spoilers from the translation was Treasure Truck. It's a way better name. Yeah, Ford Hauler. I was, I was gonna hop on that I Treasure w- Truck. I would drive the Treasure Truck. I would not drive the Ford Hauler. No, it sounds bad. I feel you. Yeah, uh, I me and me and the Treasure Truck are tight. Me and the Ford Hauler. It's so it's, the, it's the Drake meme. Ford Hauler. Treasure truck. <laughs> oh yeah, yep. No, no. Yeah, no. let's uh, petition wizards to change the name in English. Um, yes. Yeah. So this card is situational. I, I would say I, I, it's probably good and limited, considering how many treasure tokens are played. Because treasure tokens are artifacts. So, like, if if people are drafting yeah. uh, and they're making these artifacts, then you're going to punish them for it. Right, but because you're reliant on your opponent. Mm-hmm. There's a 5-5 five, five trample for four converted mana, uh, one red and three colorless, so with a crew three. So. Yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely uh, more flavorful. Not as lickable as Hold for Ransom, but I think it's up there. Uh, what do you think, uh, other Dave, Superior Dave? I think circumstantially it could be good, but like I, like I said before, because you were reliant on your opponent to do something because to get the extra bonus out of it it really punishes them if they're if this set ends up being artifact heavy it could be a real valuable sideboard mm. if people go heavy into artifacts like the, it could upset uh some decks coming out of the sideboard for sure yeah. okay. is this from a, a a limited point of view or from standard standard Okay. So, yeah, standard with what they did with uh, Kamigawa. Um, yeah, it would remain to be seen how much like the meta will shift with these new cards. 
I mean, if you get that in limited, you're playing it. It yeah. may not be a bomb, but you're playing it. Yep. Who's up? Uh, it's me, Voidrend. Uh, it's white, blue, black. So uh, I'm blanking. The name of the color house. Esper. Esper. Obscura. Uh, Esper slash Obscura colors. Um, this spell can't be countered. Destroy target non-land permanent. I think that it's probably going to be pretty heavy in the standard. Um, I think this is a good... It's like a Dovin's Veto, which... Uh, I'm trying to pull that up now. Uh, spell can't be count, count on target instant or sorcery. Uh, it's not... Yeah, non-creature spells. So it's like that, or non-creature spell, yeah. you pay an extra color, uh, black, because Dovin's Veto is a blue and a white. So you play an extra mana, but it's not as limited as non-creature spells. So you can... You 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 destroy a permanent that's already on the board instead of countering a non-creature. I, I think this is a good addition to Dovis, Dovin's Veto. So it's not like one is better than the other, I think. Dovin's Veto is empirically better than this card. Okay, fine. I mean, <laughs> well, about I, it. No. <laughs> yes, uh, Dovin's, Dovin's Veto is great. Would you play both, though? Uh, you didn't refute his claim. You just said it was better. Uh, would you play both? So... But, the reason Dovin Veto is better is because you don't have to worry about any enter the battlefield effects or any any uh, other nothing ever hits the board with Dovin's Veto when you're stopping it. Also, this is destroy, which one we have a million f-ing shield tokens now. Allegedly, uh, it, allegedly, you know, and and two. When you're comparing it to Dovin's Veto, Dovin's Veto can deal with things that are indestructible. Yes, mm. because it never hits the board. Yeah, Dovin's Veto deals with things before they become a problem. Voindran deals with things after they become a problem. And sometimes will not be able to deal with the thing. Sideboard card. I think th- I think it is main deck in standard. But, but you're not talking about standard because you're talking yeah, about Dovin's, Dovin's Veto. Veto right. uh, I do not even think this makes the sideboard in... Like modern. modern, yeah. What about Pioneer? Does anybody play Pioneer? <laughs> nope. Historic? <laughs> no. Pioneer and Historic are kind it of similar. Pro- I think it could see play in Historic. Um, I think it's a viable Historic card. Is Dovin's uh, Veto in because Historic? there's there's not yeah. a ton of indestructible in like the meta around Historic. Yeah. Right. Dovin's Veto is a War of the Spark card. Yeah, that's what I thought, but, you know. Yeah, so it, it would be in his story. Look, I knew that. I was asking for the people who oh. are as in, well-informed as I am to let them know that that good, is in Good answer. In historic, I he, am. The, the real superior Dave, he just <laughs> pretends not to be to make me feel better. That's right. I'm good guy superior Dave. Yeah. Pretends to yeah. know what's going on to make other day feel better. You're so kind. Very good. Uh, what you got in your uh, your pile there, uh, other day? So I have a spell that costs the same as Void Rand, which is the Obscura Charm. One black and blue, one white, uh-huh. uh, and it it's the modal spell for Obscura. Choose one. Return target multicolor permanent card with value, mana value three or less from your graveyard to play tapped. Counter target instant or sorcery spell. Or destroy, tar- destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. 
I like how um, you said it costs the same as Void Rand, like it was better. It is. <laughs> it is better. I, I, no, I, uh, compared to... A little to, elbow. <laughs> I mean, just don't be mad that your card isn't that good. Okay? I have one for you later. Yeah? So, with the Obscura Charm, uh, I think this one may be modern playable. I'm not sure. But, like, if you're in those colors and you're in control, this... It can kill opposing three cost to fairies, and it can bring your three cost to fairy back at instant speed, uh, which will allow you to basically counterspell things that are at sorcery speed. Yeah, because even though it comes in tapped, like planeswalkers don't care about that. Yeah, he can be tapped, and his passive is still there. So his passive does not allow you to cast things at sorcery. Your opponent to cast things at sorcery speed, they won't be able to cast their sorceries. To yeah. me, it. It, and even without that, because that requires you to be in that set of cards, huh. the all three modes are viable. There's not a single mode on there that you would not find usable, especially in standard. I think, yeah, in an expert control modern or standard deck, this is... You can use this to bring back your extraction specialist, and you can use your extraction specialist to bring back your scheming fence. And <laughs> with one... Yeah, with one spell, bring two creatures onto the battlefield. Are you building a deck with your uh, your choices here? Uh, no comment. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, I'll expect the deck list on my uh, desk by next week. Um, okay, moving on. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Halo Fountain uh, as my next pick, uh, which, while... Not as flavorful as my other picks. I think actually. What do uh, angels taste like? Dude, they taste like heaven. You said it's not flavorful. We've heard. Well, what's heaven taste like? Did, I don't know. Did you just yeah, say heaven, heaven is not flavorful? Heaven tastes I have like not licked the it. spice coke that they put out. Oh, yeah. Summer, obviously. Um. Anyways, Halo Fountain. It's an artifact. Uh, two and a white. Uh, and then it has like a whole bunch of abilities that tap creatures. So um, I guess I'll read them now. Uh, for one white tap, untap a tapped creature you control. Create a green white citizen creature token. And then, then for two white and tap, untap two tapped creatures you control. Draw a card. Very nice. Um, and then what is that? Let me count these. Five white. Two, three, four, five whites. And a tap. Uh, untap 15 tapped creatures uh. you control. You win the game. This is an absolute garbage card in everything. <laughs> but, Commander, this is my hot take. My, 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 I don't my know. Cheetos flavor take. I, I don't know. Uh, the first two abilities I mean, aren't it, bad. Especially late it game. It plays in white. into what Naya is trying to do right now, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, the, like after you attack, you you got extra mana lying around. Uh, you can untap something and get a new creature. Uh, <laughs> and if you have other creatures, like White does, where you know you get bonuses for having a certain amount of creatures, then that just makes it all better. And you can draw a card in White, which is great. Just that last ability, I don't think is is useful. 
if you already have 15 creatures, you're probably going to win the game anyway. I don't think you need it. But... White is not allowed to draw cards. It's only allowed to gain life. That's it. How 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 many style points do you get for ending the game with this third ability in standard? No, 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 no. In limited. <laughs> limited. In, Actually, in limited. Uh, I I think that makes you like the uh, the Brad Pitt of card games. Yeah. instantly. The the, the, the real the platinum trophy. Yeah. Of the, the 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 achievement ladder. So like last last block and limited firing off your mech titan was like <laughs> the gold standard was like the big achievement. Here we go. We found it. It's Halo Fountain. Liquify a bunch of angels and then you're good. Nice. Nice. What's your next card? Ben. Oh, me. Um so my next card is another charm in the set. It's the Grixis uh slash Maestro's charm. Actually called Maestro's Charm. Uh, blue, black, red, instant. Choose one. Look at the top five cards of your library. Put one of those cards into your hand and the rest onto your graveyard. And each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. And then Maestro's Charm deals five damage to target creature or planeswalker. I like this card. It's a grixis card. It says everything that you need in a Grixis deck. I don't know what else to say about it. Choices are good. So uh, I think of the two charms, uh, Obscura and Maestros are probably uh, my picks of top, or top two. You don't like the, 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 uh, the Bant charm? Come on, man. I was going to say, man, that Bant charm's real good. Bant charms. Well, why don't we just talk about the Bant charm? It's called what? Cabernetti's charm. Cabernetti. Broker's charm? Brokers. Brokers. Brokers, yeah, my bad. You all knew what I meant. It's so okay. the Broker's Charm is Bant Colors. Uh, it is green, white, blue. Choose one. Target creature control gets plus one until end of turn. Plus one, plus zero until end of turn. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls. Destroy target enchantment or draw two cards. For white, drawing two cards is really good. So... Assuming I, you're, you're, I mean, you're, it's the center. You're in blue also, so it's not yeah. too crazy for it to draw. Well, yeah, cards. that would be the blue. But I mean, side of this you, you have removal in one mode, you have draw cards in one mode, and you have enchantment artifact destruction in another, uh, which are all three relevant. I think the the charms are good. Well, uh, let's uh, for our last choices part, are great. We didn't go over this, and then we'll move on. Uh, go ahead and go through the Riveter's Charm, because we haven't done that one. Uh, Is okay. Rosie in the Riveteers? Yes, no. she should be. She's spiritually. Spiritually. Uh, so black, red, green, which is what? Traditional? Jund. Jund. Choose yes, one. Traditional. I love that. Yeah. Was uh, it traditional? Yeah. Choose one. Target opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker they control with the highest mana value among creatures and planeswalkers they control. Exile top three cards of your library. Until your next end step, you may play those cards or exile target player's graveyard. Mm. Also, all three very relevant modes. Yeah, especially in... I really like all the charms. Yeah. Relevant and standard. And what are we talking about? Uh, the, sorry, the I think, exile play, player's graveyard is very important in uh, in modern. So much graveyard. I think every one of the charms is relevant and standard. 
Modern, not so much, but yeah. in the standard, I think every one of the charms can be relevant. Yeah, and and they're at a common rarity too, which is a bonus because um, they're going to stay cheap. Except for the Naya charm, the Naya charm. Do have we not it, talked about the Naya one? Much. We did not talk about the Naya charm. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about that one too. That's Cabaretti. Feeling all left out there. They about yeah, got... yeah, yeah. They knew they were the worst charm. <laughs> they just they want a party though. Like, like, all right, yeah, red cool. green. Red, green, white, instant, choose one. Cabaret Charm deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or planeswalker, or creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn, or create two, one, one, green and white citizen creature token. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's relevant. It will, it could probably see play, but it is uh, not the best. Yeah, it's not like if you're in those colors, you're auto-putting this in. Yeah. It, it, you have to have like creature focus in stuff like that. It's just not. It's not like the obscura charm, which you, know? you admit is the best charm. Mm. I, it, no comment. It keeps being the one you go. You keep going to that <laughs> well, one. It like, is it's the not best the charm. charm. Well, if you pick obscura, <laughs> I can't pick obscura. So anyway, it's I picked last. Stop making excuses. <laughs> I saved it for you. Dave, what other flavors you got for us right now? Oh, we was going to move on, but I don't know. Yeah, let's move I wanna on. Hear, I want to hear about Bootlegger's Stash, because I actually think it's a good card. Okay, fine. Well, It's since, not just flavorful. Since I did lead into this card earlier, too, I mentioned that one of the cards that I picked was going to solve your looting problem. Oh, okay. Uh, to lose Clever Conductor, when it comes into play, you connive. Whenever you discard a card... You exile them from your graveyard, and when Toulouse dies, you put the cards exiled with her back yeah. into your hand. I'm, so no, you can perfect. you can that's my new that's my new color combo. I'm going to do all yeah. the looting in Esper. Well, so what, well actually, what's interesting you can loot and get your stuff back. What's interesting <laughs> is this is this is a double like a a multi, what do they call it where it's you can pay either or mana. Hybrid. Hybrid. So it has hybrid yeah. white and blue, a blue, and then hybrid white and black. So you could play three blue for this, two blue and a black, two blue and a white. So you could even have this in a two-color deck. Its colors make it very flexible. Yes. Very nice. This does solve my problem. Yeah. I told you it would. Except I'm here to solve right. problems. Problem solvers. Well, thank you. Now I can loot and know that I can get my stuff back. Um... Okay, so we'll do my last uh, one of my last cards, and then we'll move on. Um, uh, Bootlegger Stash is an artifact, and it grants lands you control have tap create a treasure token. Yeah, I love this card. Uh, it is one green and five colorless, but essentially, if you're doing treasure stuff anyway, you should be able to pull this off by turn three anyway. Uh, I just think that using any mana that you haven't used and just putting it into save for later uh is great i think i think you can do a lot with this card especially like artifact decks they care about how many artifacts you have like bootlegger stash is cool you're like finally that mana battery yeah. back i've been working on since i was nine is viable yes <laughs> it's still not <laughs> it probably won't see any play but one of my goals is to make a deck that uses this uh to awesome effect fireball Fireball, flu bulls. Yeah, so it's a bootlegger stash. 
got I assume that's a halo in the in the art. So yes, pretty flavorful, but again, not as lookable as Hold for Ransom. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about um, our predictions for this set. How will they change? The face of magic moving forward. Okay, how about we do this? How about I say what I think some cards will break into the meta, and Dave tells me how wrong I am. We good for that? Okay. (laughs) Jax is the Troublemaker. Three and a red legendary creature, human warrior. One red, tap, discard a card, create a token that's a copy of another target creature. You control, it gains haste, and when this creature dies, draw a card, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step, activate only as a sorcery. It also has blitz, one in a red, as a 2-3. I think this is a good card that would maybe uh, be see play in like the modern prowess deck, uh, because with this card, if you blitz it, on turn three, you have two red, and a, and a colorless to then um, sit in and then tap it to do its effect, then you get uh, a copy of a creature you already have with prowess that you then can buff by, well, I guess you wouldn't play any more spells that turn, but you by, then they die and you draw two by cards. By what? Yeah, I was going to say, you're out of yeah. mana. <laughs> right. But but the, the, point, the point is, even in, in later turns, if you're, if you're buffing your prowess, um, <clears throat> you draw two cards, which one of the co- and problems you don't with draw those, two. You don't you don't draw two cards. Let's you, start there. It has so you draw a card, sacrifice it at the beginning. It has blitz. Oh, okay. No, when it I dies, see. you I draw see. a card, okay, yeah. and it gets when it dies, draw a card. So. Okay. Yeah, you do get to draw two cards, which is nice. But in prowess, you got better things to be doing. Uh, and, and realistically, probably the same with Death Shadow. Um. I do like the card. Uh, I just don't. I don't think it makes its way into modern. Well, I we will see. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so, I mean, not... what's Death Shadow gonna make a copy of? That's a Death Shadow copy of Death Shadow. Yeah, I don't know. I we'll see. I don't know. People are pretty crazy <laughs> with what they do. Uh, second one, cut That's your true. losses. Uh, this is a mill card. Two two blue four colorless. Casualty, casualty two, target player mills half their library rounded down. So if you have a creature on the board and you're able to play this uh, card, then they are out of cards or have one card in their library. That is not true. Wouldn't it be? No, it's you. No, it's, no it, it would trigger off the stack twice. It would trigger once. You would uh, mill half their library. Yeah, okay. It would trigger again. You would mill half their library. You'd okay. But still, that's 75% and so of the six deck. Six mana and a Six mana and a creature to get 75% of a deck is not going to win you the game. I mean, it might occasionally. You you might win a game here and there, but you're not. Yeah. My only downside is it's six mana. Um, but currently, there's not a standard mill deck. And they do have Toss's Hideous Laughter uh, from AFR that might. And then the uh, the Crab from Zendikar Rising. It might be enough to form mill shell, a standard. I don't know. At least uh, well, I think that's what they're from, hoping with this. Car, pretty sure the crab from I mean, it's a that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just, I get what they're going for, but it just seems like one of those things that, like, 
some dude thinks is hilarious to pull off, but realistically, he only pulls it off like one out of the ten times he plays the deck. Isn't that the whole point of Meldo? Isn't that? Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Bit of and then you'll feel bad. All right, next Titan of Industry in a in a game like three days ago. Yes, it's bad. it always feels bad. Uh, <laughs> all right, Titan of Industry four. And three green, four green, green, green. Creature elemental seven seven at mythic. It's reach, trample. When Titan of Industry enters the battlefield, choose two, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Target player gains five life. Create a four four green rhino warrior creature token, or put a shield counter on a creature you control. I think that this would be good in any modern cheat deck. Well, by cheat, I mean like. You don't actually pay the casting cost because you're not going to pay seven for this in modern. Um, you're going to cheat it in with a cascade effect um, or a living end effect where you remove, bring it back from your graveyard. Thoughts? I just want to point out that the name of this card is Titan of Industry, and the creature looks like a factory that is also a giant creature. That's kind of hilarious. Like uh, the turtle with the world on its back? It's got an industry on its back. It's so if tight. if this was a seven seven reach trample that that even costs less, I wouldn't care. But the fact it has two enter the battle fix, field effects that you get to choose from in your situation, I feel like that's going to be taking the place of like the Arcana cruelty that's in the glimpse decks. No, no rebuttal. I might have got one. Get him. No. Okay. So uh, the uh, next one, I'll take he, that as a win. He, you 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 got him so good. He he dropped the call. Oh no, <laughs> we lost him. Okay, I was wondering because I I thought he had something to say. You uh, you, you have you ha- you 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 crushed him with your superior intellect. <laughs> All right. He, so he I'll just tough. move on to the next one. A uh, little chat. It's uh, a blue and a white or uh, uh, colorless and a blue. Uh, it has casualty one. Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library. I just think it's a good cantrip. And the modern likes good cantrips. Um, actually, standard likes good. Any any likes good cantrips. Um, you can use it on a creature that'll die to combat damage, a creature that you blitzed in, a creature you know that is going to die anyway. Then you use the casualty to go. <laughs> hey, I'm moved. Sorry, Dave. I don't know what happened. No, I think it was me. It looked like my internet went out for okay. a few seconds. Mm. So, welcome back, Dave. Did you have anything on Titan of Industry? I don't know. What? To speed <laughs> you, you up. I didn't I hear that part. It looks like a Titan with a factory on its back. And <laughs> Ben has useful things to say about it. Yeah, uh, I just think the Titan in- Industry... Can go in like the the modern cheat decks where you don't actually pay the cost you cheat them in um like the cascade or like living end because of its to enter the battlefield effect that you get to choose uh remind me enter the battlefield effects destroy target artifact or enchantment or player gains by life or for token shield counter yeah yeah it fits in the cheat decks Pretty well. Yay! I got one. And then the last thing... I I mean, they do have, like, some very valuable cheat cards, and I'm not sure if it outvalues 
what's already in there. Yeah. I'd have to really take a hard look at what those decks look like. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, it adds value. It's big. It's got trample. It's got reach, and it has under the battlefield effects, which include a shield token, which helps protect your other reanimated creatures. It seems like it'll fit in pretty well. Nice. And the other one we talked about is the cantrip, a little chat. And I put it on here just because it's a good cantrip. Um, Casualty one, so you can copy it. Uh, Look at the top two cards of your library. Put one of them in your hand and the other on the bottom of your library. Or two mana. Yeah, Yeah, it's not bad. There are better options, but it's not bad. Yeah. This bypasses things that prevent draws, like the Praetor from the set, right? Yep. You're not actually drawing it. Drawing it as you put it in your hand. Yep. I'll, I'll tell you, you also have on this list the Luxior. Yeah. And uh, I think that card might break some things. I'm not, yeah. I'm not 100% sure yet. But, like, it gives control a win con and big Teferi that they haven't really had or that they've desperately needed. But also cards like Gideon, which already become creatures. Like, Gideon with four loyalty on it, and then you use his zero ability to make him a 4-4 creature, becomes an 8-8. Yeah, so let's read it real quick so the listeners know. It's Luxier Gladius Gift. It costs one colorless mana legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each counter on it. Equipped creature isn't, or equipped permanent, isn't a planeswalker and is a creature in addition to its types loyalty abilities can still be activated you can equip a planeswalker for one colorless mana and equip for three also it's giada's gift not glada's oh yeah there that is a nine okay giada yeah (laughs) this card is wow (laughs) like turning a planeswalker into a creature touching on uh breaking things this card is definitely going to break my Aminatu's commander deck streak of never killing anyone with commander <laughs> damage. Yeah. In there. I, but it, like it, it, it's such a plug and play into any deck that is planeswalker focused already. Yep. Um, and the things like the only thing is it makes, it does make your planeswalkers, more susceptible because there are more things that destroy creatures and planeswalkers. Um, and board wipes are all of a sudden something that you have to concern yourself with. Yep. Uh, yeah, there is, there are downsides, uh, but you're taking that chance by getting such a powerful, like, cause it like by giving it plus one, plus one for each counter on it, it essentially makes the planeswalker you turn into a creature's power and toughness equal to the number of loyal. I'm really f***ing glad Oko was banned. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Why? You don't want him to elk himself? You don't need to. He's yeah. three. He comes in with five to- Like, Yeah, yep. And then you can immediately plus him. Yeah, like he... You're talking like 7-7 seven, seven on turn three. Mm. Yep. Oko. Oko would be very ridiculous with this. Especially if you're playing mana dorks and you get him out of turn early or... Yeah, mm. yeah, but even planeswalkers aside, the the equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each counter on it, uh, is is also something that like the hardened scales deck in modern would care about, uh, and it, so it basically would double, um, like a ravager. 
I do disagree with you on that one. You don't think that Harden Scales will play this? No, I think the equip cost is too high for Harden Scales. Oh. Yeah, because you would. it's not one, it's three on a right. regular. And there's no Planeswalkers in yeah, and that becomes, like I uh, mentioned before, it becomes a win-more situation where, yeah, okay, it's really cool that I doubled, you know, this creature's power and toughness, but at the cost, is there something more effective I could have done to win the match? Okay, you schooled me there. So this is really a Planeswalker card. Yeah, no, right. it is not cost-effective for creatures. There will be people who make decks that use this on a creature because there's people who make everything. Uh, but really, this is, at least in terms of tournament play, standard, modern, that sort of thing, this is designed for Planeswalkers. But I do think this card is, like, the most, like, whoa card of the deck. Um, it's certainly the one that has the chance to warp things the most and change the way that Magic is played the most. Yeah. Interesting. So, what you're saying is, this should go in the, uh, like, the Super Friends. 100%. Or the Oops All Chandra's. Yeah, also 100%. Yeah, Chandra with this on it would be, because you can plus her and deal direct damage, and then it just makes her more powerful. Power and toughness higher. Nice. All right, well, we've been at this for... Quite a while, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, why don't y'all tell people where they can find you on the greater interwebs? Um, I myself cannot be found anywhere except for uh, the email to the show, which is podcast at magicprovinggrounds.com. You can email me there, you can email Ben there, you can email other Dave, Superior Dave there as yeah. well if you'd like and you, but, you can use it to pose questions or things that you want us to answer yeah send us your suggestions you can further explain why ben's wrong um if you want uh, uh where can they find you uh as an individual uh ben? me uh yeah i'm uh be nice mpg at twitter as well at be nice mpg mpg the magic proving grounds at on twitter I don't well, exist on the internet. You don't exist on the internet as well? No. Apparently my, my co-hosts are uh, not connected. No. I would no, tell my, you a story. My Twitter is something with 52 numbers after it that I signed up for one time because I wanted to follow someone for a week. And then I deleted Twitter. So oh, Nice. So I guess <laughs> yeah. if you can nab me at Twitter, I can pass on anything, especially if you're uh, making fun of these two. We should really we're working things out on air. We should really get a uh, a uh, Twitter for the show. Sure, sure. Uh, let me do that right now. Uh, do that right now. Um, yeah, I can, I actually have the power. Let me see if it's available, and then I'll say it. So, uh, Superior Dave, other Dave, King of Daves. Um, um, what do you think is the uh, the best collar uh, from new uh, collar combo from uh, Capenna, in your opinion? I really like the way that Esper plays into itself and, and the, the synergy between the cards. 
And I really like the Jund colors and the way they work together, too. I like the Blitz mechanic. I I think those are the two that I would lean towards. I think Esper is a little bit stronger with the cards that it got, but I will probably play Jund because that's more in line with what I like to play. Oh, I see. I'm down with Jund. I think they're the most uh, flavorful house. Very lickable. They taste the least like angels, though. Yeah, it's more like hard work and sweat, but, you know, that's yeah. salty. That's one of the taste profiles that this thing's very good. I think Grix- Grixis is strong, personally. You think so? Yeah. That's my pick. I think time will prove you wrong. <laughs> As always, time always proves me wrong. It seems. So do you have that uh, uh, Twitter? Two seconds, two seconds. Okay, okay, I got it. You can at us on Twitter at MPGPod for Magic Proving Grounds. Nice. There, well, that's that's everything. Let's uh, give everybody a, 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 a pat on the back and uh, call it a day. But next week we'll talk about, uh, you know, new news, exciting stuff mm. in the world of magic. That's the Israel music. You, this is what Halo is, okay? You know Fear Factor? You know that show, Fear Factor, where they make people drink gross stuff? Yeah. You, they would put rats in a blender. I don't know if they were live rats, but they put them in a blender, and then they blend them up, right? And then they make people drink them. I, I, live rats or dead rats? You, I don't. Can you just drink blended rats? Is that that really works? I guess I don't know, man. I don't drink rats, but that's how, like hello. But instead of rats, it's angels. So uh, it's like juiced angels. No, it's not juice because it's it's the whole angel. It's not just angel juice. Oh, uh, yeah. what do they call that? Pureed, uh, but more worse. And an angel smoothie? Is that what we're talking about here? Just yeah, like yeah. angel smoothies. Like maybe if you like like pre frozen angels, and then you put them in in, in the blender and you juice them as an angel smoothie. <laughs> is this like a is it like a breakfast? Is what what meal are we eating angel smoothies for? Dessert. Yeah, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Good for everything, right? <laughs> Can someone describe the taste of an angel to me? Light. <laughs> Tastes like heaven. Yeah, it's not very heavy. Yeah. It's very light yeah. on your on your stomach. And that's uh, Halo. That's what Halo. That's our review of Halo, everybody. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not booze. It's not drugs. It's it's angel. It's we're up angels. We, we're giving it's it. Oh, it's the whole angel. <laughs> we're giving it a four out of five angel smoothies.